Good morning. Uh, thank you for joining us today. Uh, our offertory prayer for this morning comes from Ambrose. And it goes like this. Lord Jesus Christ, who did stretch out your hands on the cross and redeem us by your blood, forgive me a sinner, for none of my thoughts are hid from thee. Pardon, I ask. Pardon, I hope for. Pardon, I trust to have. Thou who art pitiful and merciful, spare and forgive me. In Jesus' name, amen. You can uh, continue to give as uh, you've been so faithful to do during this time, you can do that uh, via text or you can download the Riverstone app and give uh, that way or you can write checks uh, and mail them to our post office box. So we're excited about Tuesday and, and Thursday of this week, get, having some gatherings outside. Hopefully you've been able to sign up for some of those. And, and I just want to say again, this, this is not uh, in any way a, a spiritual test. Um, uh, if you're not ready to gather, then stay home and, and we, we bless you. Uh, this, it's really, this is up to you and, and we're not forcing, we don't want to force or put pressure on anyone uh, either way. And uh, so we will uh, gather for those that want to gather outside and we will take some precautions as that we believe are, are necessary, or even um, if you may, you may not think that they're necessary, but some of them are just helpful uh, to put others at ease. And so we ask you, uh, those of you who do come, to be respectful uh, of others and how they feel and think. Um, today, um, I, I may fail today. Um, for some, I will not say enough uh, for others, I'll say too much. Um, I think that probably in, in 40 years of preaching, one of the things I've realized is that it's easier to offend everyone than it is to make everyone happy. Um, but still, um, you have to say uh, what you, you feel like the Lord wants you to say and what you need to say for... Um, so for some today, I'll say too much, some not enough. Um, for some, I'll say it wrong, and uh, I, I recognize that. Um, but we have to try, and we have to try then again. Uh, one of the things that we need to realize about the struggles that we're are currently in, uh, there's a difference between uh, racial justice and racial reconciliation. They're related, uh, but they're not the same thing. And what, for racial justice, racial justice is necessary when there is a race of people that are uh, having inequity. They're not being treated in the same manner as other races um, by uh, systems and, and uh, whether it's law enforcement or legal uh, courts uh, or even employment, um, economy, you know, whatever it is, if there's a race of, of people that's being treated less than, uh, then racial justice is required. Racial reconciliation has to do with 
uh, multiple races uh, coming together and, and loving each other and uh, living together in harmony, uh, recognizing their differences and, and seeing those differences uh, as something that make them stronger, uh, not weaker. Um, so uh, racial justice and racial reconciliation, they're related, but they're not the same. Some, some would argue even that the term reconciliation is not the right term uh, because to be reconciliated uh, means that you were once conciliated. And conciliated means that, that you have goodwill uh, towards someone or towards each other. Um, in a lot of ways, in America, we're not trying to fix something that used to be right and became broken. We're, we're trying to, f to fix something that's never been right. And uh, that, that makes it even more uh, difficult. I do want to read a, a definition, if I can. This is a definition of reconciliation uh, written by Brenda Salter McNeil. That makes sense to me. Uh, in our context. Reconciliation is an ongoing spiritual process involving forgiveness, repentance, and justice that restores broken relationships and systems to reflect God's original intention for all creation to flourish. Uh, so that's a, that's a pretty good starting point for us. Um, racism in America was born uh, because white people believed that they were superior to blacks. That's, that's why uh, for generations they were okay with slavery. Uh, so uh, we don't, you know, for reconciliation in America, you can't go back uh, to our beginning because that's, that was messed up. Uh, you have to go back further um, before we talk about that, I want to read from 2 Corinthians, 2 Corinthians 5, 17 uh, through 21. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. The old is gone, the new has come. All this is from God, who reconciled us to himself through Christ and gave us the ministry of reconciliation, that God was reconciling the world to himself in Christ, not counting men's sins against them. And he has committed to us the message of reconciliation. We are therefore Christ's ambassadors, as though God were making his appeal through us. We implore you on Christ's behalf, be reconciled to God. God made him who had no sin to be sin for us, so that in him, we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus, I, I pray that you would help us today, help, help me today. Um, speak through me. Uh, Lord, I, I acknowledge uh, that I'm a, a human, human person uh, and that I I fail. I fall short of your glory. 
And, uh, and even when I seek to hear you, uh, I, I don't always hear you fully and completely. And so I pray that, uh, that you would speak through me today and that any words that come from my mouth that are not from your heart would fall to the ground like dust and be blown away. But I do ask that words that are from your heart would pierce all of our hearts and change our lives. In Jesus' name, amen. Uh, Dr. Jim Dennison is the CEO of the Dennison Forum. He used to be a pastor. I think he actually pastored a church in Georgia at, at one point. And uh, I would encourage you to look at, at some of his stuff. He, he speaks uh, really discerning today's news biblically. That's kind of his, his thing. And uh, I read some of his stuff this week. And one of the, he had a quote from Nelson Mandela uh, that goes like this. No one is born hating another person because of the color of his skin or his background or his religion. People must learn to hate. And if they can learn to hate, they can be taught to love. Uh, the Oxford Dictionary defines racism as prejudice, discrimination, or antagonism directed against someone of a different race based on the belief that one's own race is superior. Um, I, I think that maybe, uh, and I'll just I'll just go ahead and throw this out there just so uh, get the cat out of the bag. Maybe uh, the best thing that could happen uh, for America and for the world today would be for Jesus uh, to come back and be black. Chances are he, you know, he is a Middle Eastern Jew, and so uh, he will definitely have dark skin and uh, darker than mine, and uh, that might help us. A couple of statistics uh, to throw out there, just to kind of give some context. Uh, people with black-sounding names are less likely to get callbacks for job applications. Uh, surveys have shown that uh, a person with a black-sounding name has to send out 50% more uh, applications to get a callback. If a black person kills a white person, he or she is twice as likely to get the death penalty as a white person who kills a black person. Uh, Blacks serve 20% more time in prison uh, than white people who committed the same crime. So this, you know, that, that's just really just the tip of the iceberg. I mean, that doesn't even really, there's so much uh, more we could say. But just to give you an idea. Um, but, but like I said, we, we can't go back to a place in recent history uh, that looks good and feels good. We, we've got to go back further. We can't go back to uh, the beginning of this country. We've got to go back further and further and further uh, to find a good place. Uh, Genesis 1 is where the human story begins. In Genesis 1, it says that God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female, 
He created them. Genesis 1.27. Every person is sacred and equally valuable. Every form of racism goes against the heart of God. Every form of racism breaks God's heart. We are all, every human being, descended from Adam and Eve. If you believe the Bible, then we have two stories uh, that tell us we came from uh, the same parents. Uh, First of all, Genesis 1 tells us that we all came from Adam and Eve. Actually, in Genesis 3, verse 20, Eve is called the mother of all living things, of all, all the living. Uh, but if you go forward then and, and look at in Genesis 9 at the story of Noah, uh, you get another chance to say we all came from Noah's family. Uh, Noah came from Adam and Eve. Uh, Everything, everybody was wiped out by the flood except for Noah's family and they started over again. And so we either came from Adam and Eve's family or we came from Noah's family and Noah's family came from Adam and Eve's family. But the bottom line is we all, all of humanity came from Adam, Adam and Eve. Acts 17 verse 26 says, from one man, he made every nation of men that they should inhabit the whole earth. And he determined the times set for them and the exact places where they should live. Galatians 3, 26 through 28 says, you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For all of you were baptized into Christ, who are baptized into Christ, have clothed yourselves with Christ. There is neither Greek nor Jew, slave, nor free, male, nor female, for you are all one in Christ Jesus. James chapter 2, verses 8 and 9, love your neighbor as yourself. If you show partiality or if you show favoritism, you are committing sin and are convicted by the law as lawbreakers. Matthew 7, verse 12, this is Jesus speaking. So in everything, do to others what, we, what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Just prior to that, Jesus says, enter the narrow gate for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction. What Jesus means by this is that there is a narrower gate that we need to take. And it's a gate that's not as easy. It's difficult. Taking the easy path won't always fix things. Uh, I I don't think you should always look for the hardest way. There are some things you need to look for the easy way. Uh, But in everything you can, and certainly in this current situation, the easy way uh, is not going to fix it. Uh, I I can't just... uh, isolate or seclude myself in my own home and pray for change. Uh, That's the easy way. There are things that we need to do in addition to prayer after we have prayed. There's nothing really that we can do of any consequence until we have prayed. But once we have prayed, then there are things uh, that we need to do. George Bush, G.W. Bush, 
uh, former president, uh, made this comment. I, I think this was during uh, post 9-11. He made this interesting observation. He said, Americans have an advantage. We are not bound by blood or background. We're held together by things of the spirit. It's an interesting observation. I believe it's a true observation. He's saying we're not, we're not bound together. We have different backgrounds. We come from different nations. We've come from different places, even different continents to settle in this place and, and to live here. And still today, people coming from other countries to make America their home. And, and so we're not bound by blood or by background. He says we're held together by things of the spirit. Uh, if we surrender to the Spirit and allow Him to lead, um, then our differences uh, become assets rather than things that divide us. They become, our differences become things that make us better. Uh, if uh, every person of every race is created in God's image, uh, we read from 2 Corinthians 5, 17 through 21 where, where God talks about, or Paul talks about the ministry of reconciliation that God has given to us. And we typically think about this ministry of reconciliation as it pertains to the vertical relationship between God and humanity. And, and it certainly includes that. It, it certainly starts there. But we know also that everything that our relationship with the vertical relationship that you have with God, everything about it has horizontal implications. God works in us so that God can work through us uh, to others. And so this ministry of reconciliation that God has given to us, it's not just about leading uh, people to Jesus. Yes, it is that, and it starts there, but it's also about leading uh, people into relationship with each other. That's why Jesus said they're going to know that you're mine by the way you love each other. Because Jesus understood this vertical and horizontal dynamic and how they affect each other. Justin Martyr lived from 100 AD to 165 AD. He said this about being a Christian. We who hated and destroyed one another and on account of their different manners would not live with men of a different tribe, now, since the coming of Christ, live as family with them and pray for our enemies. 1 Corinthians twelve thirteen says, For we were all baptized by one spirit, into one body, whether Jews or Greeks, slaves or free, and we're all given the one spirit to drink. So, what do we do? What do we do? And again, I will say first and foremost, we pray. Uh, ask the Holy Spirit and I would encourage you to do this today, maybe even do this right now. Um, ask Holy Spirit to reveal any areas where you need to repent, change, be forgiven, 
reject fear, reject false beliefs, uh, join with King David in the prayer that he prays in Psalm 139, 23 and 24. Search me, God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. See if there is any offensive way in me and lead me in the way everlasting. Ask God to search your heart. C.S. Lewis in Mere Christianity said this, if anyone would like to acquire humility, I can, I think, tell him the first step. Realize that one is proud. And so I would say in regard to racism and, and our current strife and situation, don't just quickly and dismissively say, well, I'm not a racist. Have the courage to ask God, is there any offensive way in me? We can do more than pray after we've prayed. But the first thing we have to do is to ask God to search our hearts to see if there's anything offensive within us. Secondly, and I would say this uh, primarily uh, to my, my white friends, the second thing that we can do is listen, listen, listen. Uh, I said on Wednesday that uh, if you were watching our Bible study that sometimes uh, it is necessary. In fact, it is always wise uh, to seek to understand before you seek to be understood. I'll, I will never be black. I can't understand the anguish, the frustration, the anger, or, or the fear. But I have to try. I have to try to understand, and I have to try again to understand, and I have to try again. White people need to be able to listen to people of color, explain their perspective, and we need to do it without, yeah, but. We need to just listen and listen and listen. For instance, if you say black lives matter, and let me just clarify, I'm not talking about an organization, I'm talking about a statement of fact. If you say black lives matter and I respond by saying all lives matter, uh, what I said is true, but it's both insensitive and out of context. Uh, it would be the equivalent of you saying to me, my mom died, and me responding, people die all the time. It's true, but it's insensitive, and it's hurtful. When a black person says black lives matter, they're not asking or suggesting that black lives matter more. They are crying out for black lives to matter as much. Again, uh, our history as a country said they didn't matter. Now, we pray 
We listen, and then the third thing that we can do is have meaningful dialogue. Now, I want to be clear that praying and listening has to happen really before we can have meaningful dialogue. But if we're going to have meaningful dialogue, it can't begin with a list of things that you can't mention. When people are afraid of saying the wrong thing, they don't say anything. In meaningful dialogue, I am allowed to say the wrong thing without being hated for it. You then can explain to me why you believe what I said was wrong. And that's how we learn. That's how we come to understand. That's how we grow. I'll give you an example. And I'm going to give you a humorous example, not to make light of the situation, but just to help me not pass out. Uh, say a flat earth guy went to have a discussion with a round earth guy. And again, <laughs> I know there are flat earth people in our church. I know there are. Uh, and, and so you're going to get offended at me right now, and that's okay. Uh, but flat earth guy goes to have a discussion with a round earth guy. And the ground rules are these. You can't discuss NASA conspiracy photos. You can't discuss Shaquille O'Neal. You can't discuss the moonwalk. Not, not Michael Jackson, but the other one. You can't discuss the Truman Show. And you can't discuss ice walls in Antarctica. Well, if, if those things, if you throw all those things out before the discussion starts, why are you going to have the discussion? So after the discussion, the round earth guy is going to say the flat earth guy didn't have much to say, and the flat earth guy is going to leave completely feeling unheard. Because the off-limits ideas shut down the conversation before it starts. I'm not saying that Every idea has merit. I'm saying that the only way we're going to learn and grow is to have open, honest, healthy dialogue without hate. And then the fourth thing that we have to do is love. And we have to recognize that love is a verb. Love as a noun is God. The Bible says God is love. But love as a verb is also God in his people. For God so loved the world that he gave. So how, how do we love? Uh, let me suggest uh, one of the ways that we can love is in Micah chapter 6 verse 8. He has shown you what is good. And what does the Lord require of you? To act justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. Surrender. What does it mean to walk humbly with your God? It means to surrender. God wants to love through you. He does. God does not want to hate through you. He wants to love through you. Surrender to him. Give yourself to him completely, 100%, unreservedly. Give yourself to him. Surrender to him. Don't resist him. The Bible says uh, to be angry 
but not to sin. Uh, Ephesians 4, 26. Uh, it's another way of saying to love mercy. This situation that we're in will not be resolved by hatred, but it will also not be resolved without anger. It requires a level of anger for change to come in this current situation. But as the Bible says, be angry, don't sin. Love mercy. Mercy is necessary when you have righteous anger. Don't ignore justice. Be angry over injustice, but also love mercy. Be active in bringing about change. Act justly. Walk humbly, love mercy, act justly. What, what can you do? And I, I believe there are some big things that can be done, but I really believe that the, the grassroots change that will occur uh, is in the small things that we do. Uh, one thing you can do, and everybody can do this, teach your children that racism is wrong. If everybody did that, we could change this in a generation. Teach your children that racism is wrong. Another thing you can do is think about how your decisions and your actions affect others. Don't just make decisions and, and uh, actions based on what's good for you. Think about others. The Bible says clearly, do to others what you would want them to do to you. Act in every situation in a way that you would want others to act. A third thing we can do is have those difficult conversations. Go the narrow way. Have the, the difficult conversations. Be willing to push through the difficult, narrow way instead of taking the easy way around. A fourth thing that we can do, and, and this, is, this is hard, but it's so necessary, uh, in the body of Christ, and, and I implore you uh, at Riverstone, believe the best about people and be patient. To defeat racism, we really will have to change our culture. And, and that might not happen overnight, but as I've said before, I'll say again, if the church doesn't get this right, it's not going to be gotten. If we don't get it right, the city will never get it. The church must lead in this because lasting change is change that happens on the inside. Lasting change will come from the heart, not from the head. And so unless the church leads, I'm just afraid we won't get there. And so we have got, as the church, as the body of Christ, we have to be willing to take the lead in change. We're not there yet, but by the grace and the power of God, we can get there. I know that we can. I'm hopeful. I'm encouraged. As discouraged as I have been by some of the things that have happened in the last two weeks, I've also been encouraged 
by things that I've heard and things that I've seen uh, among people who are willing uh, to step into the fray and, and bring change and bring peace and bring reconciliation. Uh, we need to be the body of Christ. Uh, we need to be a better expression of the love of God on the earth. Uh, could it be, could it be that God will use these horrific events of the last uh, two or three weeks to bring about a global revival? Uh, I pray that it's so. I pray that it's so. And, and, and even so, I pray that Jesus would come soon. Lord, we pray that uh, as we move forward, we would look more like you. We confess to you that uh, we at times are selfish. At times we seek our own way and not your way. And we pray, Holy Spirit, that you would shape us and guide us and form us to better reflect the image of God, to look like sons and daughters who are brothers and sisters rather than strangers and enemies. We love you. We need your help. We know, we know if we stop and just think for even a minute, we know that your heart is for us to love each other, to treat each other with love and honor, to prefer others, to respect others. Love through us in this way. Not with partiality, not with favoritism like James writes about. Treating others as we would want to be treated. Everyone. Loving God with all of our heart and loving our neighbors as we love ourselves. In Jesus' name, amen. So, um, like I said in the beginning, uh, for some of you that wasn't enough, for some of you maybe it was too much. Um, but the truth is we've, we've got to push forward and we've, we need to do this together. And uh, you need to be patient with me. I need to be patient with you. We need to uh, love each other enough uh, to help each other along the way to get to a better place. And um, we'd love to see you in person and, and look in your eyes and talk about these things. And, and hopefully we'll be able to do that very soon. Uh, but thank you for, for listening and uh, thank you for, for being patient. Uh, we, we will get better. We will. I, I believe that. Um, so continue to pray. Uh, we're going to have a, a short time of ministry today. Uh, give you a chance to, to pray and be prayed for. And uh, there's a number on the screen that you can text if you want prayer. But I do, uh, I encourage every one of you uh, to pray the David prayer from, some, from Psalm 139. 
Um, I'm, I'm praying that prayer. I'm, that's going to become a part of a, a daily routine for me. Is this God search my heart? Um, show me the things that I'm blind to. Show me the things that I don't see in myself. If there's anything offensive, anything wicked in me, I need you to point it out. Help me, Jesus. Help me uh, to be who you created me to be. And so I, I encourage you, pray that prayer at least today. Um, if, you, if you need prayer, want prayer, again, text the number on the screen and someone will respond to you. And uh, Austin's going to lead us uh, for a moment. Uh, come Holy Spirit, help us.